This is episode number 191 of the Fearless Presentations podcast, the fastest, easiest way to eliminate public speaking fear. Want to absolutely eliminate public speaking fear? This podcast is the answer. Here's the guy who literally wrote the book on Fearless Presentations, Doug Stannard. Everybody, welcome back to Fearless Presentations. I'm Doug Stannard, CEO of the Leaders Institute, and my goal is to help you become a fearless and confident speaker and presenter. Welcome back to the Fearless Presentations podcast. Um, when most of you first started listening to this podcast, by the way, I'm, I'm sure it was because you wanted to feel less nervous when you have to stand up and speak before a group. And so most of you probably started listening to try to create a different feeling from the one that you were experiencing when you when you stand up in front of a group. An important thing to remember about that process and something that we often overlook, though, is that the way that we design our speeches will actually either add to the nervousness that we feel or it, it can actually reduce the nervousness. If you design your speeches right, if you design your presentations correctly, you can actually lower your nervousness pretty dramatically before you even start to speak. For instance, if you try to write out a presentation word for word, this is the way most of us learn to kind of deliver a speech, write it word for word, and then try to memorize it. When you stand up to deliver that speech, you're going to be nervous. I don't care how good of a speaker you are. That's the worst way in the world to try to deliver a speech. Uh, and so the way that you prepared for that presentation and the way that you created that presentation actually caused you to be more nervous. So on this episode, I'm going to cover an unbelievably simple process that you can go through to create a presentation from, from totally from scratch. And, and actually, it takes very little time to do it that will help you reduce your nervousness and then cause you to be seen by others, the people in your audience, as an exceptional speaker. So I'm going to give you the steps in kind of a cursory fashion so that you can use them like right now, right away. Uh, so basically, all you really have to do is just go through the podcast, go through the, the three-step process and use it, and it should be fairly easy to implement. But if you want more details on any of the steps, I'm going to put a link in the show notes to a blog post that covers each one of the steps in more details so that you can get more if you, if you need it. Uh, by the way, make sure to subscribe to the podcast so you never miss an, an episode. And also make sure to leave me a comment or review the podcast wherever you download uh, the, the episodes from. By the way, uh, this episode is sponsored by fearlesspresentations.com. So if you have a team of presenters and you want to help those presenters become more persuasive and professional or to increase their confidence when they stand up to present, just go to fearlesspresentations.com. You can set up a free Zoom consultation with one of our presentation coaches. Um, so that's fearlesspresentations.com. All right, so let's get on with how to design a presentation in just a few simple steps. So over the last 20 years or so, our instructors have dissected, I'd say, tens of thousands of speeches. And in that time, we've been able to kind of identify really simple things that can either make or break a presentation. And what I've done is I've assembled a simple step-by-step -step process that explains how to write a speech very quickly and very easily so that you get much better results. Now, a little warning, though, the process is really, really simple if you follow each step, 
right? If you skip a step or you get bogged down, then, then the process can kind of take a lot of time. However, if you just follow these three simple steps, you can write an effective speech in just a few minutes, really. Most of the time in less than 15 minutes, if, if you kind of use the whole process. Um, and if you compare that to the way most people design a presentation, they'll spend hours or days working on the presentation and then they get up to deliver it and they're, they're more nervous. So, so basically this episode is a second, it's, it's the second in a series on how to help people design the perfect speech from scratch. And last week I gave you seven ways that you can start a presentation. And then next week, we're going to show you how you can kind of end the presentation with a bang. So this one, we're going to work on really the nuts and bolts of how to actually design that presentation. So before I actually get into the three-step process there, let me kind of explain a few concepts to you that you really need to know. Otherwise, what will happen is if you, if you don't understand these preliminary concepts, what you'll do is you'll tend to fight the process because you'll in your head, you'll be thinking, well, that's not the way that I've been taught to do it. And that's not the right way. And that, that kind of thing, right? All those things will kind of go in your head. And the thing that you really got to keep in mind is that most people stink at designing presentations. Most people stink at delivering presentations. And so if you kind of understand these concepts, it will make it a little easier for you to kind of flush out the stuff that you've been taught before and kind of use these more simplistic things that actually get much better results. So first thing you want to remember is that if you want to hold your attention, the attention span of the folks that are in your audience, less is more. <laughs> Short is better than long. Nobody in the history of meetings ever said, man, that was a good meeting. I wish everyone would have just spoken longer, though. <laughs> you know, so I mean, nobody says that. Most people say, oh, that was a good meeting because it was short. Right. So a few concepts or a few bullet points that you cover really, really well is much better than a bunch of stuff covered in a cursory way. That's one of the reasons why, by the way, on this episode, we're only covering three things. We're going to cover three things. It's because if we cover those three things really well, it'll give you much bigger bang for your buck. You'll get much more value out of covering those three things because they're going to be the things that are most important, most valuable. So another great tip is that writing out a presentation word for word and then trying to memorize your entire speech, that's really hard. <laughs> that's a hard thing to do. To, to, uh, so basically what people will do is to make the, the that writing process easier. It's hard, so they want to make it easier what they'll do is they'll use kind of note cards to try to practice or they'll practice in front of a mirror, those kind of things. None of those things work, by the way. Those are those are really bad processes that people have been taught to do that actually make you more nervous. Um, it, it actually increases the nervousness. Instead, what you really want to do is create a presentation outline and then use literary, literary devices to kind of what I call add meat to the content, for instance, examples and stories they are fantastic reinforcement for your for your points or concepts if you can prove to to your audience that that thing that you're trying to explain to them has happened in real life and use details it will captivate your audience and and make it easier for them to understand even if they don't have the background that you do um, another good rhetorical device that you can use is you can use analogies or quotes or visual aids any of those kind of things work a little better and we're going to focus on those in the in the third step when we get to it but when you do practice, it's it's a good idea to practice in front of an audience, practice in front of live people. A live audience will actually let you practice doing things like making eye contact and making sure that you're using proper body language when you present. So if you do a quick run through in front of real people, 
you'll also get get a feel for how your speech will fit into the proper time limit that you've been allotted. So all of those things are are some some kind of things to stay away from when you're designing your speech, and then some good. Um, at least good ways to, to practice. So let me give you the three steps. And, and like I said, we'll cover this in kind of a cursory fashion. I'll give you some examples and details as we go through. But if you want to um, explore these in any more detail, just go to the link that I put in the show notes. I got a blog post that, that has all kinds of additional examples and things like that in it. So step number one, and the very first thing that you want to do is narrow down your topic first. You do that first and your speech writing will be much faster and it's going to be much easier. The broader your speech topic is, the more stress you will feel when you try to create a presentation for that topic. So, for instance, if you try to create a speech on world peace, well, good luck. I mean, that's that's a really, really broad topic. However, if you want to create a presentation about how to improve the security in your neighborhood, that's much easier. Right. So so one of them is really broad. And so you can cover a, a whole lot of stuff and still never scratch the surface of the surface. Uh, but the second one that's a little bit more focused, um, it's it's a whole lot easier to design a presentation. A presentation that's more narrowly focused like that. So the first thing that you want to do is narrow down your topic. An easy way to do this, by the way, is to use the the old five W's from journalism or from English class. We took that in elementary school, junior high school, that kind of thing. The five W questions are the who, what, when, where, why. You know, so an example of I'll give you an example of of kind of using one of these. Let, let's say that. I'm giving a, a presentation for work about our company, company financials last quarter. Um, so the who obviously is the company. I mean, that's who we're talking. We're talking about the company financials. So the who and the who, what, when, where is, uh, is the company. Um, and, and the when is last quarter because it's a quarterly financial report, right? So I might want to focus on a, a where, you know, uh, like, for instance, if the Midwest region did a really good job in the financials, I could narrow it down even more by focusing on what happened last quarter in the Midwest region that was different than the other regions because they did so much better than the other regions. So now I have to ask myself, what exactly happened with the office, the Midwest office last quarter that was different? And once I have the answer to those questions, now all of a sudden I can create a much more focused title or topic, because um, if I know that sales increase more in that region than anywhere else, then the final question would be, well, why? Why did it happen there? You know, why was that region different from the other regions? Well, one of the things that they did was they hired a new regional sales manager and she and her team focused on repeat business for, from past customers. So after finding the answers to each of those questions, I can create a much more narrow and focused title. So the original title was, you know, financials from last quarter, which is really broad. And the new title might be something like um, a focus on generating repeat business from past customers in the Midwest region generate a sharp increase in revenue last quarter. Or the Midwest region focused on repeat business and increased their volume last quarter or increased their revenue last quarter. Those are much more focused 
presentation titles and it will it will keep me from kind of chasing rabbits as, as I begin the design process with that. So if you have trouble narrowing down the focus of your topic, make sure to focus on the why. Why, why would your audience care about the topic that you're going to be presenting? And if the answer is that to that question is, well, they wouldn't, then don't give the presentation. If your audience is not in no way going to be interested in your topic, I don't care how good of a speaker you are, it's going to flop, right? So why should they pay attention to you? If you can answer that the the questions to these questions in your title, then your presentations can be much more narrow and it's going to be much more interesting to the audience. So step number two is you want to create a speech outline for the main ideas of your presentation. So once you have that really good topic. The next thing you want to do is kind of make an outline of the main bullet points that you want to cover. So this is the first step that you use to create the body of the speech. So you want to a good way to do this, by the way, and one of the things I suggest people do is just to make a list of the top ideas or specific points that explain the topic to the audience and, and just brainstorm them, write them out, the thing, all of the things that you could cover. So going back to the example that I gave before, what was the most important things that happened in the Midwest region to generate that extra income? And I just kind of write them out in a, in a list. And um, I want to organize that list from most important to least important. So um, a, a good thing, good, basically what I do is I'll make out that list of bullet points and then I'll go back and say, out of all those, which one of these 10 things that I've written down would be most important? I'll put a one next to that one. And which one would be second most important and third most important? And, and um, because if you're only going to cover, let's say, for instance, if you want to be efficient, you're probably not going to cover everything that you brainstormed. Otherwise, it's going to be um, it's going to be forgotten by the audience. The audience is only going to be able to remember maybe three or four things that you say. So if I focus on the top three things and cover them really well, typically the audience is going to remember those three things and be able to do something with them. However, I try to call all ten, cover all ten of them in kind of a cursory fashion, eh, then all of a sudden it's going to be much more difficult for them to, to kind of use those. So that's why, that's why it's really important to kind of sort these by importance. Cause if you can only cover a few, why not cover the most important ones, right? So the uh, number of items that you cover will a lot of times are determined by the required length of time that you have to speak. So a good rule of thumb is to cover maybe one item or bullet for every seven to 10 minutes that you're going to speak. However, if you want to limit your bullet points to just, you do want to limit them to no more than maybe five bullet points per sitting, you know, so for a short speech, less than 20 minutes, I'd say three bullet points is probably a really good number. If you have 45 or 50 minutes to speak, you probably want to cover maybe five bullet points. Try to cover no more than five, though, because every additional bullet point that you cover over five is going to be confusing to the audience. Unless you're doing an audio recording or something like that, that people can go back and listen to over and over again, they're not going to be able to remember seven things or 10 things or 20 things. They'll remember maybe one or two or three. So to increase the, the chance that they're going to remember those things, try to limit your the number of items that you've covered to maybe three, four, five in per, per presentation. Now, here's a, a pro tip that you can use here. This is one of the things that that professional speakers use. Um, go through that same process of determining the why for each one of your bullet points. Because at, once you kind of put your bullet point out there, if you can put the why that the audience cares about that one, right, that one thing. So let's say, for instance, that 
that um, the number one thing that the Midwest region was, was they, that they did last quarter different than the rest of the regions was they focused on repeat business. And I put that as number one. So why do the other regions need to know that that's what they did? Because that was one of the major things that generated the additional revenue for them. So basically the, the why would be, hey, if you do this yourself, if you do this, if you focus on this in your region, you may be able to increase your, your revenue next quarter and increase your bonuses or commissions or whatever it is. So basically think about the why for each one of those bullet points. Most amateur presenters don't do this, but almost every single professional speaker does this. They basically focus on why the audience really cares about each one of the things that they say. And if the audience doesn't care about it, they don't cover it. So just kind of keep that in mind. So now that you have your topic and you have three bullet points, four bullet points, five bullet points listed in order, you've got a great presentation outline. And you can also use this outline as your, your slide or your visual aid. That basically all you really need to do is put your topic or your title and then put your bullet points up there. And you can, and that may be the only visual aid that you actually need to, um, to, to reinforce the content that you're gonna be presenting. So now, how do you turn that outline now into a presentation? Well, that's step number three. This is the third thing. Last thing that you'll wanna do is you wanna insert what I call impact ideas to add content to your presentation. This is where you put the meat on the bone. So you've got the outline, now we're going to put some meat into this. So this is the final step. Most people, by the way, will make the mistake of adding sub bullet points here, which is, that's bad, right? So basically they'll say, they'll, they'll say um, for some reason we think, you know, the, the best way to prove that a bullet point is true is to use a bunch of other bullet points as evidence. And that's a huge, huge, huge mistake. It's also a mistake that really makes most presentations really boring and, and really, really, really hard to deliver, by the way. So instead, use what we call a presentation impact idea to better explain each one of the bullet points. Pretend that your audience members are a jury. And the bullet points that you're you're presenting, they're statements that you're trying to prove to your audience. You know, so so we're trying to prove to the audience that they need to focus more on repeat business. Well, the impact ideas are the pieces of evidence that you will use to prove that each statement is true. So, um, so the things I'm going to cover here, these are just some of the three most important kind of uh, impact ideas that that you can use here. Um, and, uh, but th there's actually quite a few of these things, but since, like I said, we're going through this in kind of a cursory fashion, if you want more of these, just go and look at the show notes, that'll give you a better way to, to, um, to get additional information about these. But the first one is add a story or, or an example, um, a really quick story that occurred to actual people <laughs> work really, really well. Um, the, these stories are, are solid proof that what you are saying is true because it has actually happened before. So the funny thing about stories is that most presenters just avoid them like the plague, but professional speakers use almost nothing but great stories to make their points. They may use some of the other things that I'm going to focus on here, but you'll, you'll most most motivational speakers, most professional speakers are known for the stories that they tell. They're remembered because of the stories that they tell. And that's why most speakers are boring and most professional speakers are really interesting, by the way. So going back to the jury analogy, a story would be like a, a personal experience uh, that, that's kind of like a an eyewitness testifying in court. So you've got an eyewitness that was there and testifying. So you're relaying that story as if you're the, the eyewitness. The second impact idea that works really well is a quote. So a simple quote from an expert that you can use, and especially if you can remember it yourself, will add a lot of credibility to your speech. 
So by inserting a quote, you're basically borrowing the credibility from another expert. To, so, so to continue with the jury analogy, it's like bringing in an expert witness. So instead of an eyewitness now, we're bringing in an expert witness to verify that what we're saying is true as well. And so the third thing that you can use here is an analogy. These are kind of fun. So I have to use a, a quote from, a, from an expert or a story to verify that your bullet point is true. If you add an analogy, you can add a lot of flavor to your presentation and make your points more memorable. So if you recall from, from literary class, an, an analogy is, is a comparison. You can use these to compare a point that you're trying to make to explain something that the audience can better relate to. So um, it's a lot like comparing, by the way, a presentation to a jury trial, kind of like what I did earlier, right? So um, uh, the the um, if you can use an analogy of some type, especially something that that um, is very memorable, it it kind of adds a lot of flavor. It adds, adds a lot of fun to your presentation. So don't overlook this one, even though this is one that's a little bit harder. It takes a little more time to kind of create. Um, it will. Uh, it, it's a. It's an easy way to add a lot of flavor into your presentation. Uh, and by the way, if you're if you struggle with the analogy part, make sure and click the link in the show notes to go to the the uh, blog post that we wrote on this, because there's um, we've got a whole session just on how to create analogies and metaphors. And in fact, we, we call it how to put sizzle into your presentation. So if you actually just type that into fearless presentation, if you actually just type it into Google, how to put sizzle into your presentation um, and fearless presentations or something like that, it, it will come up, but I'll put a link to it in the show notes. Uh, and by the way, if you really, really want to learn how to write an amazing speech, I mean, one of the shortcuts that I always suggest is to take a class, go to a public speaking class. There are experts that do this for a living. They know what they're talking about and they can kind of coach you. And, and, and if you want to come to one of our public speaking classes, we have them all over the world. Um, the, the Obviously, they'll take this abbreviated kind of session and be able to lay it out for you so you can kind of do it over and over and over again, master each one of these component parts and become really, really good at presenting. Um, and you can get information about our classes on at fearlesspresentations.com. Or if you're looking for something in your local area, just go to Google and type in public speaking class in the city that's closest to you, the big city that's closest to you. And uh, you'll typically get three or four different options. Um, so uh, I would encourage you, if this is something that you've struggled with, and make sure and take a class because they can be very, very helpful in shortening the learning curve on one of these things. All right. So thanks a lot for being a part of the Fearless Presentations podcast this week. We'll see you next week. Bye, y'all. Subscribe to this podcast for new public speaking secrets each week.